Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Let's get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks. What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Monday, October 24th, and this is the best football show podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best of Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. We are coming off another week of NFL action, a week that, let's be honest, Going into it, the matchups did not look that great on paper. There were no match of two top teams or or anything like that. Pretty bland uh, slate of games, but what it delivered was, I think, a pretty clear message about what has been one of the more controversial and talked about divisions in football over the last few years, the NFC East. I think after Sunday, it is very clear that at this point, despite my skepticism of it, despite I think a lot of people's skepticism, it's time to believe in the NFC East. It's time to believe in the Eagles, obviously, but I think the Cowboys, the Giants, and you know even Washington are all teams that at this point you have to take as, besides Washington, as serious contenders. But even Washington had an impressive win on Sunday. The division itself went 3-0. and We're going to get into each of those games and then talk about the division as a whole because I think that that was the clear takeaway from Sunday is that when you look at the NFC and really the NFL as a whole, it is the NFC East that has the best teams and is the best conference, the best division in football. Let's start with the return of Dak Prescott. Um, obviously, the Cowboys coming off of that loss uh, to the Eagles, they were they were a team that at this point had won without Dak, but with Dak back, you were hoping to see a really good performance out of them. And Dak was not, you know, a franchise type level guy on Sunday. He finished 19 of 25, one touchdown, zero interceptions, a really kind of Cooper Rush like line out of him. Didn't make any terrible mistakes with the no turnovers. His touchdown came in the final minutes, but Dallas won. Dallas won 24 to 6, uh, closer than it seemed. It was 10 to 6 in the fourth for the before the Cowboys pulled away with 14, mi- 14 points in the final three minutes. But as a result of the win, the Cowboys are now 5 and 2. Uh, they're one of their only losses coming against the Eagles, and then of course Tampa Week One. But since that Week One loss, they've only lost to the Eagles, so they've only lost to a divisional opponent and the only undefeated team in the league. And I think what you're seeing with Dallas is their recipe for success. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, and they have one of the best defensive players in the NFL in Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, another strong day uh, against Detroit, helped make one of the game-changing plays late. And he is somebody that at this point, I mean, the Eagles did a pretty good job blocking him, but it's almost a weekly occurrence that he makes a play that helps Dallas win the game. You don't often see that from defensive linemen or, you know, edge rushers, whatever you want to call him, outside linebacker, someone that gets after the quarterback. He does an excellent job making game-changing plays when he gets there. And Dallas's recipe is pretty clear. Run the ball, play dominant defense. They're inside the top 10 in points allowed and have the quarterback not turn the ball over. Now, where I think they can go from a team that's 5-2 and two to you know a team that I think could potentially, I don't believe they'll win the division, but they're only two games back right now. So a team that come playoff time could be viewed as one of the favorites to get out of the conference. 
They just have to get more out of the quarterback position. Obviously, Cooper Rush's ceiling was limited. We know what Cooper Rush was. He was a guy that, in an ideal world, didn't turn the ball over, completed the passes that were there, and was the definition of like a low-level game manager. With Dak, obviously, with what they're paying him, you hope that he is more than that. The Cowboys are hoping that he can be somebody that puts up more than 24 points, somebody that you know can get them into the 30s, can get them into the 40s. They had the number one scoring offense in the league last year, and I know that they lost Amari Cooper, and their offensive line is different, but they still have Dak, they still have CeeDee Lamb, they still have those running backs, uh, you know, they, they still have the pieces there to be a top offense. So with Dallas, I think that the similarity with, they have with the Eagles is they're winning with their defense right now. I think the Eagles are getting better quarterback play than uh, the Cowboys are, but I think Dak's ceiling is just as high, if not higher, than Jalen Hurts' ceiling. So the Cowboys can look at this and say, all right, we lost to the Eagles, but we get them at home Christmas Eve, we're 5-2, and two, and now we can be a team that, if we can keep keep it up, could win this division and could end up as the number one seed if we get better play out of Dak. So when I look at the landscape of the NFC, I think the Eagles at this point are clearly number one. But I think there's an argument for Dallas still being number two. You look at how the other teams performed. Uh, Tampa Bay lost. The Green Bay lost. Um, San Francisco lost. There's really uh, the, the Rams were off, but they have not been playing that well. There is not a lot of great teams, but Dallas at this point at 5-2 and two has shown that they have the recipes of being a great team. The other NFC East team that came away with, came away with a win on Sunday was the New York Giants. They win over Jacksonville 23-17. Another late, min, uh, another late game win for the Giants. Daniel Jones, one of the more unbelievable stats. Daniel Jones has five game-winning touchdown uh Five game-winning drives so far this season. No other quarterback has more than three. I mean, if you would have said that stat before the season, people would have looked at you like you were crazy. Daniel Jones is someone that was viewed as they were going to be moving on from him. He was just a placeholder until they get their quarterback next year. And it still could be that. But if he keeps leading them to wins, they're 6-1 and one now. They're not going to be high enough to draft a quarterback. And it's going to be hard for them to find a way to get someone better than Daniel Jones. So the ja- the Giants go into Jacksonville. They beat the Jaguars. And what's going to be interesting about the Giants the rest of the year is this. They're 6-1, and one, but they're only plus 17 on the NFL plus minus. And to kind of put that in comparison, the Bills are plus 95. Like in that, so they're five and two. So they have one more loss. They're plus ninety five. Like the Giants are not winning these games handily, and that it's not always a bad thing. They're showing they can win close games. My concern with the Giants would be, we all know the NFL. Like when when it's really slanted one way, it tends to go back into the middle. You see that with turnovers, interceptions. You know, if you're getting a lot of one thing, it kind of regresses back to the medium. It's really hard to win one possession games in the NFL. The Eagles are getting up big, right? And then teams are kind of making it close, but at least they're building themselves a lead and, and kind of some some safety net there to, to play with. The Giants are not doing that. The Giants are falling behind. They're coming back and they're winning and they deserve credit for it. And like I started off by saying, the NFC East as a whole deserves credit for what they are accomplishing. My only thing is the Giants... I don't know how, if their recipe for success, I don't believe in it as much as Dallas's. I think Dallas has a, a better recipe to win consistently throughout the rest of the year. But six and one is six and one. And if, you, if you're six and one, like you have got to give that team credit. And I think they're going to be a, a, a good look at in two ways. One, I think they're a great example of how much coaching in front office truly matters. Like it just, they have almost the exact same roster. Certainly there's been some changes, but ultimately they're playing with the same deck of cards that Joe Judge and David Gettleman were. 
they have them at six and one. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but the Giants might have not won six combined games uh, the last two years, or you know, with Gettleman as general manager, and then of course with Joe Judge there, they were a disaster. They weren't competitive. They again, they were competitive. They weren't winning. It looked like they had no direction. Under Brian Dable, at least not only are they winning, but it looks like you can see where they're going. Whether Daniel Jones is going to be the guy or not, the defense is really good. They're leaning on Saquon. Um, the receiver play hasn't been great out of them. Their offense as a whole, not not great. But they're scoring enough points to win. They're scoring late. Brian Dable is making, I, I think, in-game decisions to help them pull these wins off. I think if you have a great coach, just on the flip side of having a Joe Judge, when you have Joe Judge, you are not going to be a winning football team. When you have Brian Dable, clearly... It's you're going to be a winning football team. So the question with the Giants is, do they have that high ceiling that the Cowboys and the Eagles do? I don't know if I'm ready to say that yet, but I do know that each week any team goes in to play the Giants. It is going to be a tough game. They know how to win late. They don't make the same type of uh, game-losing mistakes that they used to make. And you have to look at them. I mean, if the playoffs started today, they would be the sixth seed, but they have, uh, you know, the oh no, they would be the they'd be the five seed, and they have the second best record. In the, in the NFC. So at this point, you have to look at the Giants as a team that are certainly competitive and that are going to be a team to be reckoned with the rest of the year. The final NFC East team that won on Sunday, Washington Commanders. Look, there's so, so much to go into with this. The first is, man, Carson Wentz. So going back in, in Carson's whole career, the game after his after he goes out, so whether it's when he tore his ACL in 2017, whether it's he was benched in 2020, and now this this year out with a broken uh, finger on his hand, the the games after his backup go goes in, those team the his teams are four and one. Nick Foles won it twice. Jalen Hurts won his first start, and now Tyler Heineke comes in and beats the Packers. Washington 23, Packers 21. And it's a quality win no matter how you look at it. I know that the Packers might not be as good um, as I certainly thought they were going to be and as a lot of people thought they were going to be. And look, the Packers might not have it this year. Some years, it's just not happening for teams. You saw the video of Aaron Rodgers today uh, saying, what the F are we doing at the end of an offensive play? The last play of the game, he's laying there. Head in the ground, looks despondent. There were the quotes from him about you know needing to simplify the offense uh, earlier this week. So yeah, the Packers are not in a good uh, a good spot whatsoever. Their receiver play has not been good. The defense, you give up twenty three points. They have a good defense, but when you give up that amount of points to Tyler Heineke in Washington, that's certainly not a great defensive performance. But Washington at this point, uh, what do they move to? Washington at this point, I'm pulling up my my notes. They are three and four, right? Then you look at the within the division. Within the division, they are zero and two. So if you take away those two losses, they are three and two outside of the division. They are a winning team when they're not playing the NFC East, which is wild to say because they've looked terrible when they played the NFC East. They looked really bad against the the uh, the Eagles. The Eagles handily beat them. So, but yeah. So then you run down the games. Dallas won. The Giants won. Washington won. You add everything up. The Eagles, who did not play this week, they're on their bye, but remain a perfect 6-0. The Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants combined 17-3. The NFC East as a whole is 20-7. When they don't play teams within their division, so when they play the other divisions uh, in football, they're 16-3. and And how are they doing it? They're doing it mostly with defense. The Eagles' offense has been pretty good, but the Giants-Cowboys' defense has not been. So you look at the three top teams in that, in that division, Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys are all within the top 10 in points allowed. Washington, who, you know, again, not a great team, but Washington is 18th. So right around, you know, a little below halfway 
in, in, in the NFL. So they have almost an average defense. So they're, they're doing it with defense. They're not turning the ball over. Some, you know, Eagles are getting special quarterback play, but the Giants and Cowboys have been getting competent quarterback play, you know, slightly above competent. Actually, I'll, I'll give them props on that. That's slightly above competent. And that's how they're winning. And if the playoffs were to start today, this is wild. If the playoffs were to start today, the Eagles would be the number one seed in the NFC. The Cowboys and Giants would be number five and six. And when you look at the other 12 teams outside the NFC East and the NFC, only two have a winning record. So there's five teams in the NFC that have a winning record. Three of them are within the NFC East. The other two teams, Seattle and Minnesota. Minnesota, meow. Minnesota at five and one. Seattle uh, with their pretty surprising and impressive win over the Chargers, who continue to be frauds, by the way. But Seattle now has a winning record as well. I don't know if you would look at Seattle as a team to believe in. Certainly, Geno Smith is playing well. But really, when you look at the landscape of the NFC, it's the NFC East, and it's everybody else. The the Vikings, the Eagles beat them, and they beat them pretty handily. That game was not close. Again, Tampa, Green Bay, San Francisco, they all lost. Tampa Bay had lost to Carolina. Um, back-to-back weeks with really bad losses. San Francisco, they did play Kansas City. That's certainly a tough matchup, but they lost, right? So a division with the NFC East that coming into the year— all the jokes were there. The NFC lease. The Cal, uh, you know, the Giants are going to be a disaster. Washington is a terrible franchise, and that remains true. But Washington, you know, a win today. The Cowboys never uh, come up when it counts, and that still might be the case. But ultimately, a division that's been laughed at for years has now taken the crown as the best in football, even over you know the AFC West or some of these teams that divisions that we thought were going to be loaded. The Raiders are not that good this year. The Broncos are not this, that good this year. The Chargers are frauds, right? It's really only the the, the Chiefs in that division. You look at some of the other divisions that were supposed to be good. The NFC South, Buccaneers losing record, Falcons losing record, Saints losing record, NFC West, only the Seahawks now have a winning record. The rest of them, 500 or below. So as we look at the NFL, it is surprising that we've gotten, gotten to this point. It is surprising that the NFC East has been this good. But it's the NFL, so maybe at this point, nothing should surprise us when it comes to a league that every week gives us the wildest roller coaster ride in all of sports. This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Please do not hesitate to hit that subscribe button, and please leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. It really helps the pod, and it would mean the world to me. So thanks for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys on Tuesday.